Hi, my name is Yara and I'm the host of Life After Birth. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wajak Noongar people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. I send my respects and reverence to Wajak Noongar elders, past, present and emerging. On this podcast, we share stories and wisdom about the ups and downs of our mothering experiences, much like the First Nations people of Australia have done so through their storytelling for over 60,000 years. Through their oral traditions, the Wajak Noongar people have supported and celebrated one another and have passed down knowledge, values and lessons, providing a testament of the power and significance of sharing our own stories. In honouring them, we recognise the importance of storytelling in understanding our past, navigating our present and shaping our future. My hope is that this podcast carries this spirit forward in our conversations, acknowledging that while our stories may differ, they all hold value and contribute to our shared human experience. Hey Mama, I'm Yara Heary and this is Life After Birth. This is where you can find honest and vulnerable conversations that lift the veil on how mothers really experience life after birth. Join me as I talk to the experts in the parenting space, but not as you've heard them before. These conversations explore the common humanity in all our lived experiences as mothers, so that you're left feeling seen, heard, validated, and bolstered in your ability to weather your mothering storms. Hey mamas, so today on this episode of Seeds for Your Garden, I want to talk to you about the power of and. So this is the idea that two very different, seemingly opposite things can be true at the same time. So some examples of this are I can love my children deeply and still need time away from them to recharge and take care of myself. I can make mistakes as a mother and still be a great mother who is doing her best. I can feel grateful for my children and still feel overwhelmed and stressed at times. Or something like, I can enjoy being a mother and still miss my pre-motherhood life and all the freedom that came with it. That last one in particular is one of my often occurring thoughts and experiences. And fortunately, I have done enough of my own work and really have come to embrace the power of and so I can have that thought and know that really and honestly, those two things are really true. And I wonder if I wonder if some of these feel familiar to you. You know, these are just some of the reframes that I have used to help mothers over the years. And I'd have to say it's fairly common for me to see mothers who initially really struggle with the idea that they can make mistakes or take up space with their needs and still be a good mother. And I know that even my own personal experience, certainly early in my mothering journey, it was definitely something that I struggled with. And every once in a while, it creeps up. And I think one of the places that it really does creep up for me is in the area of my work in my career. So, you know, one of the ones that I really hold on to is I can have a career or pursue my own goals and still be a loving and dedicated mother. And just going to that point where I said it's fairly common to see mothers who initially struggle with this idea that they can, you know, make mistakes or take up space with their needs and still be a good mother Some of these women really and honestly feel like they are failures and experience a lot of guilt and shame and maybe even spend lots of time beating themselves up internally about the mistakes they make in their mothering 
or trying to suppress the needs that they have because they think that these things mean they aren't living up to the ideal of what it means to be a good mother. And on on that point, I think it's really important for all of us to check in on what are the ideals that we're holding up. And I think on that point, it's really important for all of us to check in on what are these ideals that we're holding up when it comes to being a mother. Now, you may have heard me talk about patriarchy, but in case you haven't, I'm going to briefly explain what I mean when I when I say patriarchy. So patriarchy refers to a social system um, in which men hold primary power and authority. And this happens both in the private and the public spheres of life. It's a system of social, political and economic dominance where men have more power, privilege and control than women. And patriarchy is often characterised by the belief that men are inherently superior to women and it's perpetuated through social norms, institutions and cultural practices that reinforce gender inequality. Now, you may be asking why I'm talking about patriarchy. (laughs) And the reason why this is so important to consider here is because, you know, unsurprisingly, patriarchy has a whole set of rules and norms and standards about what it means to be and to act like and to sound like and to think like a good mother. And spoiler alert, it generally revolves around self-sacrifice, martyrdom and servitude. Now, the reason why, you know, it's, important to think about this is because I'm talking about checking in on our own expectations about what it means to show up as a good mother. And I really mean that in terms of a good enough mother, right? So, you know, patriarchal motherhood idealizes the image of the perfect mother, right? Who devotes all her time, devotes all her energy and resources to her children and really puts herself at the bottom of that pile. And I'm sure that some of you may really recognize that maybe that that's a place that you're in right now, or maybe that you have been in the past. I certainly have been there too. And it's not hard to see then how this perspective or this, you know, this set of ideals really results in black and white or otherwise known as all or nothing thinking. And all or nothing thinking is basically the opposite of embracing an and kind of mentality, right? So this is the tendency to see things in extremes with no middle ground. It's a way of thinking that really categorizes things as either completely right or completely wrong, good or bad, with no room um, for shades of grey. And within the ideals of patriarchal motherhood, it's either you are a good mother or you aren't a good mother. And this is where some mothers really get caught up. And I really want to stress here that this isn't our fault either, right? Like it's not like we're just doing a terrible job of, you know, thinking clearly, right? We're socialised within a culture that encourages this kind of thinking generally and especially when it comes to motherhood. And so I want to talk now just a little bit about what are some of the ways that thinking in this way, so when I say thinking in this way, it's all or nothing thinking, which obviously patriarchal motherhood implies as well. And so one of the ways that it can do us harm is it can lead to a lot of internal conflict and confusion where we may find ourselves really struggling to reconcile conflicting thoughts or emotions and experiences and really feeling like we have to choose one over the other. This can create a lot of stress and anxiety and make it really difficult for us to make decisions or move forward in a positive way. I think also Thinking in a very all or nothing way can really lead to a lot of guilt and shame. And this is probably the biggest 
experience that I have had and that I see in the clients that I work with. And in fact, even in women who communicate with me and my social media and things like that, it's it's where it's with guilt and shame. So this happens when we feel like we're not doing enough or that we're not good enough. You can totally get how patriarchal motherhood standards lead us into this place where we just feel like this all the time. And that's because patriarchal motherhood ideals are unrealistic. They're not actually achievable, certainly not all of the time anyway, or even most of the time, I would say. And so, you know, if we really engage in and we don't pull ourselves away from this all or nothing thinking, it can also help to maintain unrealistic and unattainable kinds of expectations of what it means to be a good enough mother, right? Or a good mother. And that obviously leads us to feel guilty, ashamed or inadequate, right? When we're not living up to these ideals. And just as a side note, the whole purpose of patriarchy and of patriarchal motherhood is to have us feeling like we're not good enough so that we don't ever rise up. So we don't ever rock the boat. So we don't ever, you know, call out the inequities, Um, that exist and the oppressions that exist, right? If we just keep thinking that we're the ones that are failing, that we're not going to turn our attention to the system and ask for its dismantling, right? That's the, the whole point. And finally, if we are stuck in this all or nothing thinking, it can really lead to burnout and exhaustion. And I think that that's another thing that many of, of you listening may resonate with. If we don't allow ourselves to take breaks or to pursue our own interests, which is at odds with the perfect motherhood image, or the perfect mother image, we may find ourselves really depleted and exhausted. And you know, one of the things that I really want to say is that this all or nothing thinking is implicated in the development of depression, anxiety, and a whole range of other mental health challenges. So it's really detrimental for us to be stuck in this place where this is how we're thinking. We're either a good mum or a bad mum. We're either an angry mum or we're a calm mum, right? Like the the reality is, is that Being human is a mix of all of these things and very often all at the same time. So how does the word and help? Embracing the word and can help us to let go of the idea that we have to choose between two opposing things. It allows us to embrace the nuance that exists in life and make room for all of our conflicting thoughts, our emotions and experiences that come with being human. And one of my favorite reasons for embracing the power of and is that it can help us move away from patriarchal motherhood ideals because it challenges the traditional and very limited view of motherhood. And instead, it allows us to create a more empowering and liberating experience of motherhood. And that is because rather than being confined to only being a certain way as a mother, which is constantly self-sacrificing, never having our own needs, carrying the load for everyone, being the only person who can fulfill caretaking duties, et cetera, et cetera, like it goes on and on and on. Instead of that, we get to actually create our own image of what it means for motherhood to feel empowering for us, right? We get to put our own needs forward and also notice and tend to the needs of the people we love, our children, our family, our partners. It's such a more liberating way of experiencing motherhood. So I want to leave you with some ways that you can begin embracing the power of and in your mothering and just generally in your life. So the first one I think is practicing self-compassion. And the way that we start to do that, if we haven't already you know, engaged in that or we haven't been hugely successful, is 
to recognize that it's okay to make mistakes or to feel conflicting emotions as a mother. And then we want to really treat ourselves with the same kindness and understanding that we would offer to a close friend who is struggling. Number two, I would really encourage you to challenge your beliefs. So recognize that there's no one right way to mother. I think also the thing to connect back to here is what is what feels good for you in your mothering? What what feels liberating for you in your mothering and that what that looks like may look different to other people. And because you are doing it differently, it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong or what the other person doing is wrong. It just means that it's different and that everybody has a different idea about what it means to be thriving in motherhood, to be feeling empowered and liberated in this. I think also simply prompting ourselves with the word and can be a really good reminder to expand our thinking when we're starting to get into this very all or nothing or black and white space, when our thinking is is very limited, simply prompting ourselves with the word and can remind us to expand our thinking and to say things like, yeah, I really, really need some time to myself right now. And maybe there's thoughts in there about like how that means that you're not as good a mother as so-and-so, or you're not living up to the expectations of your mother or whoever it is, and actually say, I am a really good mother and a good mother also needs time to herself. And I think I sort of did touch on that just then as well, but really thinking about what is important to you as you mother and as an individual. And are there ways that you can honour both your needs and desires and those of your children? So really trying to find ways to align your actions with your values. And I think that really reconnecting and spending some time to identify our true unique values that are ours, that are not because we feel pressure for anyone else, is so important for us in mothering and in life in general because it means that we get to reassess how we're going in life. Like, does my daily living actually align with the things that I think are important and meaningful? I think mindfulness is another really brilliant way that we can, or another skill rather, that we can use to really start to embrace and. So taking the time to really notice our thoughts and feelings without judgment lends itself to not bringing on these feelings of guilt and shame because maybe we lost our temper, right? And it opens up space then for us in our thinking to invite in other ways of thinking about that. Like, yeah, okay, maybe I responded with anger in this moment because I am overwhelmed or I am depleted, but I am also still a good mother, right? One of the ways that I really love to encourage my clients to work with this is take an observer perspective. And I love the way Russ Harris talks about this in his book, The Life Trap. And his prompt to clients and to people who are reading the book is to say, I'm having the thought that. So I'm having the thought that I'm not being as good a mother as I'd like to be, or I'm having the thought that my kids deserve better or whatever it is, right? So putting I'm having the thought in before the particular thought that you're having is just creating a little bit of space and changing the way that we're relating to the thought that we're having. So rather than being hooked into the emotion of it, we're actually able to observe it as just kind of like a cognitive event that's occurring. And I just really would love to end on the importance of setting realistic expectations. So recognizing that there will be times when you're not able to be on top of your game as a mother and that that is okay. Set realistic expectations for yourself and your family. And, you know, a memory that comes to mind for me was when I was pregnant with my second um, baby, I 
<laughs> we spent so much time with the TV on because I just didn't have the capacity to show up in the same way that I did when I was not pregnant. I was exhausted. I was sick. I felt unwell. I actually had a really miserable time at various points throughout that second pregnancy. And I had to just recognize that this was a time when I wasn't able to show up in the same capacity that I had in the past. And I made peace with that and I allowed that to be. So for me, it was like, I am letting my child watch TV more often than I might like throughout the day. And I'm still a good mother. I am making sure that I have resources available to deal with like challenging behavior from my children and just to be able to actually be alive and awake throughout the whole day. It meant that I had to save some of my resources. And that's one of the strategies that I use to be able to do that. So I think setting really realistic expectations is so important. And again, this helps us move away from, you know, these really unrealistic patriarchal motherhood ideals. So I just really want to leave you with that and just remind you that embracing the power of and is a process and it does take time and practice. But I think that if you are able to give this a go and take on some of those tips, I know that you will be able to create a more flexible and empowering experience of mothering for you. Thanks so much for joining me, Mama. If you enjoyed this episode, I would just love for you to leave me a review and follow or subscribe to be notified when the next episode drops. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me over at Instagram where my handle is at lifeafterbirthpsychology and you can find out more about how I can support you on your mothering journey at my website www.lifeafterbirth.com.au. See you back here soon for our next chat.